Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. I'm very excited about our show today, folks, because independent filmmaker Jesse Baget is here to talk about Cellmates, his clever new comedy starring Tom Sizemore, Hector Jimenez, and Stacey Keach. It's about a Ku Klux Klansman and a Mexican farm laborer who share the same jail cell, and it's absolutely hilarious. Jesse wrote, as well as directed, this offbeat movie, just as he did with his previous films, Breathless, a thriller starring Val Kilmer, Ray Liotta, and Gina Gershon, and the horror flick, El Mascarado Massacre. Now, I hope I didn't massacre that uh, title. Jesse is here now, but first I want to tell all the listeners that the chat room is open, and um, uh, we encourage listeners to participate in the chat. Nikki Starr, who usually serves as our chat wrangler, um, is still on her uh, well-deserved vacation, so um, uh, don't be shy anyway. Just Sign in and uh, participate in the chat, and we really appreciate that, and we appreciate all our listeners, of course. Now, it's my pleasure to bring on our guest for today. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Jesse. Thanks so much, Betty. Great to be on. Well, I'm so glad you could be with us. As you know from my review, I'm a cellmate's fan, and I still can't believe how much you got into that little gem. You got humor, satire, social commentary, and and a delightful romance. I just <laughs> wonder, where did you get the idea for Cellmates? Uh, you know, my, my writing partner and I tend to like to begin scripts with from, from a, a challenge. You know, in this this movie we had been, you know, reading about uh about the Ku Klux Klan at that time period and and um we just had this you know idea that you know could we create an extremely hateful dislikable character that the audience would grow to like and eventually hopefully root for due to his uh his change um so that was kind of the challenge and trying to figure out how to make that do that uh, on a low budget uh, cuz i wanted to produce it myself um just you know that that's where it kind of uh, got the idea to set the whole thing in a prison cell to to make it doable on a low budget. Um, so yeah, but we just kind of like to begin things with a challenge, and that was that was this one. Well, it was it was a challenge, and and he, you're talking, of course, about uh, Leroy, <laughs> played by Tom yeah. Sizemore, and he was 
definitely very, very unlikable. I mean, I didn't think that uh, that you would succeed <laughs> in making me like him, but you you certainly did. I I think uh, the movie turned turned out to be sort of a message movie. Um, did you did you have a particular message? I mean, other than that, when you were making the film. Uh- you know, I didn't really intend it to be like a message movie. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care for that in films usually. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just try to let the characters drive the writing and, uh, you know, having Leroy have this change and, you know, just felt like the natural evolution of the of the character. Um, but I guess, you know, if, if anything, I just uh, like the idea of conveying that, that, uh, that racism could be funny. You know, because people tend to not like to, uh, you know, people don't like to laugh about our differences, and and I think that that's the best way to sort of overcome them is is to get things out there in the open and laugh about them and not just keep them inside and not talk about them because that just that, that just you know leaves it, it the, those emotions brewing and and I think only bad things come of that so. I guess if anything, it's just trying to get those, uh, get that. I mean, racism, I think, just spawns from stupidity, and stupidity is is always uh, hilarious. So that's true. That was my uh, that was my take on the uh, on this movie and uh, and something. And that you know, getting back to Leroy Lowe, I mean, the other challenge was just telling the story from his point of view because there's been a lot of movies where they think they'll humanize serial killers, they'll humanize assassins, and you'll be rooting for these guys who are ruthless killers or whatever, and that's totally acceptable. But when it comes to racism, it seems like everyone shies away from that and there's just black and white, good and evil. kind of. <laughs> and so that was one of the goals with this, was to essentially take the, the side of this character because he's our lead character. So the first 15 minutes of the film definitely have an odd feel to them because we're with this character and his racist views and so the movie almost by default sort of takes his position because we're seeing this story through his eyes so it kind of creates an odd feeling which i wanted to create yeah i thought <laughs> uh, you did it <laughs> you know that uh you know i think once hector jimenez comes in to the film you kind of see where this is going a bit and, and it's it makes sense but <laughs> i kind of like that idea of uh, you know, messing with the messing with the audience a bit. Well, the two guys that you got to play off each other here, uh, uh, Tom Sizemore for for Leroy and uh, Hector Jimenez for uh, Emilio, they they really got into their into their parts, and you couldn't pick. I mean, how they're so different, and, and that was the thing that I that I picked up on from uh, cellmates. Now, when I was a teacher in days of yore, I found, and, and, I, and I usually taught in places where there was a lot of diversity in uh, race and ethnic groups and uh, class, and uh, I found that, uh, you know, having the, having the students work together on projects seemed to have you know, just have an effect on the on the students and on the way they felt about each other, regardless of their right, of their right. backgrounds. And so you can see from this film, I, I got the same feeling from it because 
eventually Hector, I mean, Emilio and Leroy are actually working on, um, well, I guess I'll let you tell. But I mean, I don't. we don't want to give away everything about the movie. But uh, right, right. explain the uh, explain the the two causes that, <laughs> that Leroy finally got involved in with uh, with Emilio. I, I think that's quite clever. Right. Well, Emilio is sort of a, a wrongfully imprisoned uh, Hispanic immigrant who's a farm laborer, and he's uh, just trying to fight for better uh, better wages and working conditions uh, at his farm, and uh, they. The uh, the farmers who have all the power, they sort of are able to get him and some of the other guys that were uh, uh, in, thrown in jail. So, um, you know, Hector's really pa- Hector's character is really passionate about trying to fight for these uh, labor rights, and slowly, uh, just through his passion, Leroy is able to uh, actually help him with that. Um, yeah. And uh yeah, I mean one of the with those two actors together, one of the things that I that I did was uh work with them a lot separately. So I was able to work a lot with Tom and with Hector separately and they didn't meet each other until the first day of filming, which kind of gave it a I think it helped give it sort of an authentic feeling of these two very unique personalities coming together and clashing and, and uh it was a lot of fun. Oh, and I I was so so happy to see um Hector in another film because I first saw him in uh Nacho Libre where he played mm-hmm. Jack Black's uh partner in the uh wrestling yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so he was so geeky but so so hilarious and so you know, I thought, Oh, I hope to I hope to see him again. So I wanna thank yeah, you for putting just, him. Uh, <laughs> The, the moment I I met with him while while we were you know writing and uh, I met with him and I just he was a lot of the inspiration for the film because I just really fell in love with the guy. He's got such a unique face and so expressive and he's such a nice person as well. And so we just uh, after meeting with him, we just decided like we have to make this character, which originally was a bit of a smaller character in the first version of the script, and we decided to make it the main character, especially for, for Hector. Um, Good but he's decision. definitely a great, <laughs> a great guy. And it, and it was fun too, because most of the American films he's done, he doesn't have that much dialogue. He kind of plays, you know, silent type characters. So it was, uh, you know, interesting to throw at him a ton of uh, English dialogue. And uh, I think he, uh, he handled it really well. Oh, he did handle it very well, and and uh, he was so amusing in the role. And um, I, I hope I'm not giving too much away that. Uh, well, you talked about the the one cause that uh, the for the the Ku Klux Klan guy was able to use some of his techniques from from the Klan right. to help to help Emilio uh, with his uh, righteous cause. And, and also, the other cause that he tried to help him with had to do with Emilio's hair. Now, where did how did you happen to come up with that? Uh, you know, that one is uh, my, my co-writer. She's uh, Italian, uh, and she moved to Texas uh, when she was about 18 and went to uh, college there and learned how to speak English there. 
and so she has kind of a unique take on southern dialect and that's why all of our pretty much all of our projects together have been uh in that sort of southern style but uh she always had this thing about her about her hair and feeling the this feeling that Americans have great hair i guess from watching you know American television shows in Italy when she was young so we actually had we're having a conversation with Hector Jimenez over dinner one night and they were both and and Hector kind of had similar feelings about that that just you know that they just that Americans have great hair and and that's just something that you know as an Italian or or Mexican they they never thought they'd be able to have so it was just kind of an odd thing that talking about wait I have to tell the listeners wait till they see <laughs> they work on this on this particular issue and both um both Tom and Hector were were just uh, fantastic in these roles, and so you did a, a great job of casting there. But we cannot forget the warden, played mm-hmm. by Stacey Keach, who also got into this role. I I've been a fan of uh, Stacey Keach's ever since I. Uh, this is you know I'm going to show that I'm a senior citizen way way back when he played <laughs> um, played by Cammer. <laughs> Sure, sure. <laughs> he's come a long. He's definitely come a long way, but his his obsession in this film, these scenes with with him talking with with Lee, and in fact, we have to give the warden Mel. What was his name? Mel Merville. Uh, warden Mer- Merville. Warden Merville. That's a great name. We have to give Warden Merville the credit for putting these two guys together in the cell uh, sort of wanting to rehabilitate um, Leroy because uh, mm-hmm. Leroy is just such an angry person and, and Merville is trying to shape him up and he has these sessions with him every every week and how and another thing that just uh, makes me smile every time I think about it is uh, the warden's obsession with potatoes now how did how did you think about that? I mean, to put that in the film that was it was just perfect. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of fun to write characters that that are just passionate or obsessed with certain things. And this guy, you know, owns a owns a prison uh, work farm, and you know, essentially uses it so that all his prisoners are forced to work in his potato fields and produce the finest potato crop in the uh in texas so you know it's just uh we, we just decided to make it potatoes because potatoes just felt very american i guess and also there's just once you start you know researching potatoes there's so much you can do with potatoes so right. just a lot of it was a lot of fun to figure out you know all the different kind of things you can make for, with potatoes but also just all the all the things potato farmers have to deal with the, the aphids and grubs and just all the all the bugs that you know they have to, that are in that can infest the crops and just all that stuff is just you know it's definitely a world within it uh, of its own and just felt like a very unique uh, obsession to give to the warden and I was really we we sort of wrote that role with Stacy Keach in mind actually oh. but I had uh, I had no connection to him. Um, so we just kind of offered it to him and gave it to his agent, and luckily he really responded to it. And you know, he said that was pretty much you know what he responded to was just he's played a lot of wardens, Stacy Keach, but this guy definitely was uh, unique and 
and, Definitely and enabled him to have a lot of a lot of fun. So. Well, he was he was having a just a, a great time with that role. I mean, he yeah. just took that role and he just made it come to life and just commanded the screen in in his scenes. I I just was so happy <laughs> to see him doing such a great job in in that role. And of course, you know, two two other. Um, actors that I was impressed uh, with uh, that uh, beautiful uh, Olga uh, Segura who played the warden's maid who would come in and clean the the office while he was talking with uh, having his re- potato rehabilitation whatever sessions with <laughs> with Leroy she right. was she was just fascinating uh, had have you worked with her before or how did you happen to come in contact with her yeah, you know, Hector Jimenez introduced me to Olga, and uh, and uh, the, you know we met her and just thought she was just had the perfect look for, look for the role. And I saw some of her previous work and just thought she was uh, just a really superb actress and had a very expressive face because essentially the character has zero dialogue in the whole film. She has some voiceover, but she doesn't have a single line in the movie and. Uh, that was just something else I wanted to explore was just two people finding love without being able to speak the same language, uh, which actually you know, my my parents met in that way where my father didn't speak English as he's French and, uh, you know, so they couldn't, they couldn't communicate, but, you know, they fell in love and are still together today. But so it's just something I wanted to, to explore and uh and and there was no way that anyone was going to fall in love with Leroy if they could understand what he was saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's probably right. It was but, uh <laughs> but but uh she well she doesn't need any dialogue. I mean, she's like one of those great silent movie stars where you can right, tell Right, right. And there's so exactly. much dialogue in the movie that it felt like it would be interesting to have one character that was a main character but didn't have any lines just to just oppose the everything oh. else in the movie. She was she was just marvelous in in that role and and for the little bit of time that Kevin Farley was in the movie at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. He he did a great job too. Um, he's he he was sort of uh, kind of a uh, almost like the uh, the Ku Klux. Almost like Leroy. I mean, they were pretty much buddies. Right. And yeah. And Kevin sort of, a... yeah. He he sort of uh, had an admiration for for Leroy, but um, uh, but it was good to see Kevin Farley also uh, doing such a good job here. You did you have the final say in all the casting? How how did how did you find uh, Tom Sizemore and and Hector? And we know about Stacy and uh, Olga, but what about to getting Tom um, and Hector? Yeah, you know, I mean, the unique thing about this movie was I, I was able to write, direct, and also produce and edit the film myself. So it's really, uh, you know, extremely close to my vision. There was no producers messing it up. So uh, if you hate it, then you definitely hate my work. <laughs> You like it, you like my work, so. But yeah, there's no excuses on this film about you know. Uh, if only that producer was, didn't screw that up, you know. <laughs> so that was that was cool. I mean, we we had a very very small budget. Uh, we had to shoot the entire film in 13 days. Wow. So there was a lot of obstacles, but um, but the yeah for casting, I mean, uh, essentially I wrote the roles with 
basically ever all these five characters in mind. Uh, I had a connection with Tom Sizemore through a friend, and uh, uh, thought I had a chance of getting him to do it. So definitely had him in mind when writing it, and just he was the first person we gave the script to, and luckily. You know, at first he was kind of like, uh, really a comedy about the Klan? Uh, how's this going to work? But <laughs> he he liked the script enough to meet with me, and uh, luckily I was able to convince him about the tone the movie was going to have. And, uh, you know, he he thought that it would work. So he, he And he's, you know, just an amazing guy to work with because he's he was so, once he trusts you and believes in you he really gives you 150 percent and and lets you do anything because i use a lot of extreme wide angle lenses in this film and put them three or four inches away from the actor's face and had them make goofy vaudevillian kind of expressions (laughs) shame on you a lot of actors might have had might have had problems with that but tom and and stacy as well were very game to do that uh So, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, I casted the film myself because uh, I cast the film myself because, um, you know, I essentially wrote it with these guys in mind, Kevin Farley as well. I'd seen him on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that I loved and just thought he could, he would be great in the role. Well, I um, can imagine, uh, I'm thinking of you kind of like an Orson Welles. He liked to have all this control over the, <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, it's like Orson Welles said, you know, movie making is 99% <laughs> well, I can imagine. Uh, looking for money and 1% actually making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I can imagine you uh, going into somebody to ask in a Hollywood uh, studio or something and <laughs> pitching them this uh, film, you know, a, a comedy about the Clan. Yeah, I could just see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the response would never have much good. success. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you just showed them because it's uh, congratulations. Your movie is um, has done very well on the film festival circuit. I, I think you won uh, best comedy at the Albuquerque Film Festival and best picture at the Maryland International Film Festival. So uh, a lot of people are. Uh, Feeling like I am uh, that this is this is a special movie, and uh, I want to congratulate congratulate oh, you for making you. it. Thank and you. I want to say that um, Comedy Concepts uh, has signed in uh, for the chat. We have some other guests who who are are not identified, but uh, I want to welcome them into the chat room. And I'm very glad that Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts is here because I want to tell Nancy. That uh, of course she is one of the funniest ladies that that I've ever heard. She does stand-up comedy. She's an actress. Mm-hmm. She, if you ever need uh, uh, a female actress, well now that's redundant, isn't it? <laughs> if you ever need a funny lady, <laughs> you should go. You should check out Nancy Lombardo at Comedy Concepts, which is another uh, show on Blog Talk Radio, and she also has oh, a CD oh. out called. Um, color me crazy, which is just which is just hilarious, and I think she's got the same kind of sense of humor, little edgy sense of humor that you right. have. So, so maybe oh, the oh. two. I'm going to give her. I'm going to give her your contact information. Would that be okay? Sure, sure. <laughs> great, great. Uh, now I wanted to ask. Um, of course, these are all fine actors that you have in cellmates, but 
what did you do while working with them? I mean, did you use any special techniques to motivate motivate them to give these uh, uh, hilarious or wonderful performances? Uh, you know, I mean, just the fact that we had to get the whole movie done in 13 days and it was uh-huh. like a 115-page script or something, it was, I, I think, you know, we were just running, gunning so much that they had no choice but to be motivated just to finish the thing. Especially Tom. I mean, there was Tom was so tired because I mean he's in every scene and has so much dialogue, and it's just it's a lot of work. And there were a couple scenes where he's laying in bed uh, at night in his uh, prison bed and looking up at the looking up, and you know, there's voiceover during the shot, so he's not speaking and. We just I'd yell action and you just hear <laughs> you just literally fall asleep during the take. He was so tired, <laughs> but uh, and you'd say Tom, Tom, and he'd wake up and like nail it right from being from being asleep to <laughs> nailing the shot. But uh, uh, you know, yeah, these they, they didn't need too much motivation, I think, because they were uh, just you know, I was lucky to get guys that were, that believed in the project and really want to do great work. So luckily the motivation came from that. And, uh, as long as I kept things moving along and, uh, didn't screw anything up, they were happy. So <laughs> you kind of got out of, got out of their way a little bit and let them, let them do their, let them do their job. And I think that's, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, for, for me, casting is, you know, one of the most, I mean, it's, pretty much the most important part of, of filmmaking because I'm not one of those guys that thinks you can just get someone off the street and turn them into a great actor, you know? And, mm-hmm. I mean, you, some people are naturally able to do that, but uh, but it's just, you know, you got to find them and you got to find the right person for the role. And if you find the wrong person, then there's not a ton you can do, I think. So when you find the right person, you definitely want to just guide them a little bit but let them do their thing and Tom definitely brought a lot of stuff to the table that I didn't expect to be there and uh, was really happy to see it so well I think that's the key is uh, uh, if you're in charge of casting and and you do get the the right people for the roles uh, that makes everything so much easier for the for the director I was wondering if you have a favorite character in Cellmates um yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Leroy, just because he's, you know, it was just fun to write a, a character that's unapologetic in his beliefs, you know, as as wrong as they may be. So it was just a lot of a lot of fun to write somebody like that. Yeah, he's that, that's and and to see the changes, you know, to see the gradual changes. And but they were all. Right. I, it would be hard for me to to pick my favorite character in, <laughs> in that movie and 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 scenes. I always like to ask the director, uh, uh, is there a favorite scene in Cellmates um, that you have? You know, there's actually uh, one of my favorite scenes we actually had to cut from the movie. Actually, oh, no. There's a, there's a, we had about 15 minutes we cut from the movie, which was mostly at the beginning of the movie, kind of talking more about the clan at that time period and stuff. and. And uh, at, at one point, the Leroy character is going to stage, ha- going to have the clan come to the prison and stage like a demonstration against his wrongful imprisonment or what he thinks is his wrongful imprisonment. But uh, there's a scene where Stacy Keach busts into his cell, and they sort of just scream at each other at the top of their lungs. 
and uh, they just I had them sort of side by side, face to face, like literally like touching noses, screaming at each other, and I mean they were like spitting in each other's face, and it was just the most it was the funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> oh, but you had to... at the end of the day, I had to cut it because it just uh, it just didn't quite uh, more more just for pacing reasons and needing to get to Hector Jimenez's character quicker, but. <laughs> Well, maybe a in bonus, a bonus feature, a bonus feature. Yeah, or something. yeah, I think we, we will hopefully put that on the but on the DVD when it comes out. On the out. DVD, that's true. Uh, uh, well, you know, I just think, of course, I'm a big uh, romance buff, and I didn't mm-hmm. expect when I when when I when you sent me the screener, and uh, when we have this picture. <laughs> Of Tom Sizemore and of Hector Jimenez, and then cellmates. When I put it in, you know, I thought, well, okay, but I didn't. I wasn't expecting romance, and and this has the most delightful romance that I've seen in any movie this year. And so I have to say that my favorite scenes are when. Olga Segura's character comes into the warden's office and, you know, starts dusting and sweeping while the warden and Leroy, that's Tom Sizemore's character, the clan character, and the way the eye, when they, and the eye contact that's finally made between uh, Magdalena, I think is what the character's name was, and Leroy, without the Warden even knowing he's going on and on with his his uh, lectures about uh, potatoes <laughs> and trying to right. get Tom Sizemore or Leroy interested, and that relationship, all of those scenes where where the two, you know, develop this this feeling for each other without any words toward towards each other, that was done so subtly. And so well, I just, I just think I'm, I'm so impressed by that. Did, <laughs> did you have to? I mean, was was that any kind of a challenge to, to get that feel there between between those two and the eye contact between those two? I, uh, you know, it, it wasn't it, just again kind of finding the right actors for the role. You know, really is what did it, but. You know, it was. It's always surprising how endearing Tom Sizemore is in this movie because I think that people are used to seeing him in war films and just seeing, you know, the gruff, angry guy. And in this movie, there's moments where he's just so incredibly endearing. And uh, yeah, that was kind of surprising that he got to that place. I think for me, and I, I was hoping he would, but I didn't really know how it would look because I hadn't seen him do that. And, you know, when we when we filmed it, yeah, I was I was definitely impressed by what he brought to the table, and and I think he and Olga, you know, had their own kind of approach of how they what they were going to do with that, in terms of just their, you know, how they were going to approach that sort of eye contact and that getting well, was, a lot of mean, meaning across without words. Um, but it yeah, was it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Very special. Please relay that to. <laughs> please relay my feelings <laughs> to, yeah, thank you, thank to them because I I just thought it was was just uh, marvelous. And uh, then of course the way that relationship played out, 
I just I just love that uh, too. But um, we probably, uh, unless there's something else you would like to add about cellmates, uh, I sort of would like to talk with you about your um, your other films and uh, then just uh, kind of filmmaking in, in general. So is there anything sure, else we sure. you'd like to say about cellmates before oh, we well, move on? Oh, well, just uh, that I hope everyone yeah, gets a chance to go out and see it. It's, it's opening uh, this Friday, June 1st, in Los Angeles and New York, and it's available now on video on demand and iTunes and Amazon and all that. Oh, I just encourage uh listeners definitely to uh to see this movie and uh you won't you won't be sorry. I I think it's it's one of the best of best of the year so far. So, um uh thank you for making the movie Cellmates, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Well, which of your other films? Now, did I pronounce, um, okay, so it was Breathless and um, yeah. um, El Mascarado Massacre. Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, that was my first first film. It's, it came out in America as WrestleManiac. WrestleManiac, uh, oh. Yeah, that was, yeah, it came out through Anchor Bay under that title in, I believe, 2008. Uh, so... You know, not my not my finest hour, I would say, but it's a fun it's a fun goofy horror movie if you're into that sort of thing. Um, sort of spawned from my love of cult cinema, uh, especially the uh, Mexican luchador films like Santo and Blue Demon. If you're into that kind of thing, then mm. you might like the movie. But uh, yeah, and then actually, Cellmates was my second film, and uh, and. You know, after that one, I did Breathless, um, which, yeah, was a lot of fun and had an amazing cast on that one as well, Val Kilmer and Ray Liotta and Gina Gershon and Kelly Giddish. Um, again, it's a sort of five characters in one location, so it has a similar scope and, and feel that Cellmates does, but it's a dark, darkly comedic thriller. Um and yeah, it's just a it's a fun movie about two women who uh sort of accidentally kill one of their husbands and are forced to figure out a way to dispose of his body within a trailer oh, no. within their trailer in the middle of Texas. So these two southern girls are, you know, cutting them up and throwing them in the uh, garbage disposal and the blender and just doing anything they can to uh, dispose of the body because there's a there's a sheriff outside waiting for a warrant to be delivered so he can go in and see what's going on in the house so they're uh, they're forced to try to figure out how to get rid of the body within their trailer and they don't have much time so it's kind of, it's a it's a fun one and Gina Gershon is fantastic in it I I'll have to put that on my Netflix is it uh, yeah, is it available yeah. Uh it's coming out August 14th on DVD and Blu-ray Okay, so I can see it then in August. Yeah, and what yeah. about the wrestling maniac? <laughs> Where could I get that? Yeah, that one's yeah, that one's been out. Uh, that one's available on DVD and and everything else. Okay, so you yeah. you do have kind of a a, a dark uh, comedic side to you, don't you, Jesse? Yeah, yeah. For if if you read most of the stuff that I, I write, cellmates is definitely the the most tame uh <laughs> like PG 
thing that we've done, which is, you know, it wouldn't seem PG looking at the concept, but it is, I would say, like almost G-rated because there's no no violence or curse words in it or anything. So, I know. That's part of um, its charm, too, I think. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, when no and why did you decide to become a filmmaker? I'm glad you did, but uh, how did that come about? Uh, you know, I, I pretty much decided I wanted to to be a filmmaker at about 15 years old. I'd say I'd been, my mom was a writer and my dad was a photographer. And so I definitely grew up in sort of the artistic household. And my, I, my mom taught me how to write and we wrote stuff together. Um, oh. so I kind of, yeah, we, you know, we wrote a script. I, I, I started doing stand up comedy actually at around like 14, 15 years old. I loved writing stand up and would, perform it in Arizona where I grew up and uh you know that just sort of spawned into wanting to make a film so uh my parents were cool enough to set what little money we had aside for my college and give it to me to buy some buy a digital camera and uh and like a good Mac computer to ed- learn editing so uh, I basically set out and made a my first feature film while I was in high school, just working oh on the God. weekends with my friends. And it took about three years really to complete it. But I just, you know, through trial and error and mainly through learning editing, I, you know, try, you know, kind of figured out filmmaking to some degree. <laughs> that was basically <laughs> my film, my film school. And you know, the moment I graduated high school, I, I didn't, I, I, I did I couldn't really stand school. So I, <laughs> I didn't want to go to college or anything, and just drove out to L.A. and been working, right uh, the, working at it ever since. Yeah, you got yeah. right found a business. Right found a business. I well, we forgot to talk about your next film project, and the time's going by so rapidly. Could you, uh, what are you, what are you working on now? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm in pre-production right now on a film called Wild Side with Nick Cage and uh, Juno Temple and Johnny Knoxville and couple other uh, great actors so I'm really excited about this one and it'll be really my first film with a decent budget so I'm looking forward to that and you know getting out of getting out of one or two locations and it's sort of a road trip uh, road trip movie in the style of true romance or uh, no country for old men so it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, and uh, really looking forward to you know, well, it, working with I, I'm looking at really forward to 2013, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it's looking like. Okay. We're, we're, we we start filming July 23rd, and it's called Wild Side with uh, Nicholas Cage and uh, yeah. Johnny Knoxville and Juno. Yeah, Juno Temple. Temple. She's a uh, yeah, really phenomenal actress. Uh, she's wow. coming out with a new Batman. Batman film. Oh, I can hardly wait wait to see that one. And you mentioned No Country for Old Men, and of course, um, I had on my list of things to ask you about any uh, filmmakers that have influenced your work, but it sounds to me like uh, your your projects have a lot of uh, Coen Brothers-like elements to them. Am I right about that? Yeah, certainly, you know, the Coen Coen Brothers influenced me, and and also uh one of my favorite guys Jean-Pierre Genet who wrote and directed uh Amelie and uh Delicatessen 
and uh, his his style really influenced me. He just uses uh, the sort of unique wide-angle lenses that I used in Cellmates and, uh, uh, you know, has done some of my favorite films. And I guess also Almo Devar is one of my favorites. He is able to write such amazing female characters um, and is yeah. just visually always stunning, his work. Yes, um, ab- absolutely. And um, I was a big fan of uh, Amelie. I thought that was really a special movie also. Well, I cannot believe how fast this this time has gone by, Jesse. And <laughs> I want to be sure to mention that we did we did have some guests in the chat room and Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts um her a comment that she made was stand up that's me. So when you tar- started talking about uh, getting started in in stand up, that really perked uh, Nancy up. So definitely I'm going to put you <laughs> I'm going to put you two together and I I want to thank uh, the people who Nancy in the chat and the other other uh listeners who signed up for the chat and uh Jesse I want to thank you for being such a thank fun and enlightening guest today. And um, you <laughs> absolutely need to come back to talk about Wild Side when it's ready for release. Will you do that? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. Excellent. We'll definitely look forward to that. So it's time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as one of today's staff picks. We really appreciate it. Special thanks again to Jesse Bajay, to our chatters and other listeners, as well as the guys from the Wacko Bob show who always uh, hype our Movie Attic Headquarters episodes. And uh, I know that they're probably going to be listening to the to the archives. I hope everyone enjoyed the show today. Please come back next time for our fifth anniversary show. We should have a great party, and you don't want to miss it. I can't believe that we've been five years on Blog Talk Radio, and it's definitely been five years of movie fun. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. My review of Cellmates is on the site now. That's all for now, folks. So to get us in the party mood for next week, here's Kenny Loggins to take us out with, you guessed it, Footloose.